0: welcome to the 12 a podcast designed to help the believers build habits that lead to spiritual maturity thank you for joining us and i hope that it encourages your faith i'm excited to share that the line edits on my book have been completed hooray and it's now in the design stage so later this week i'll be talking with some marketing people and hopefully we'll see some movement in just a few weeks Uh, But today's episode, I really it's uh, just a sharing of a talk that we recently had at our Connect Group Leader Rally, and we're going to discuss the blending of vision and process. And whether you're a small group leader or not, I'm confident that you're going to enjoy the information. So be sure to also download the notes and follow along, and then you'll have all the information at your fingertips. Today, we're going to talk about vision and process. And um, as Connect Group leaders and as people that have been in church for a while, we've probably heard this verse a lot before. It's called, it says, it's found in Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained or they perish. But happy is he who keeps the law. Now, we usually stop with that first part of the verse, where there is no vision, the people perish. And the Hebrew word there for vision is kazon, which is, you know, the word vision. Uh, But it also means prophetic revelation and divine guidance. And I love how Craig Rochelle describes it in his book called that word, kazon. And uh, he says that it's defined by as what God had in mind for you when you were created. See, God has a vision, a revelation, a guidance for you and your ultimate destiny. And at the same time, he also has a vision for his creation, for all people. And so because of that, his vision is to seek and save the lost. That's why he sent Jesus, right? So where there is no vision, where there's no prophetic revelation of their divine purpose and his divine guidance, his people, his creation are unrestrained or they perish in fact, in the Hebrew, that word perish means that they let go, they lose control, and basically they let go of hope. Why? Because when you lose sight of your purpose, you lose hope. And when you lose hope, you lose your reason for living, your reason for being. And so we want vision. In fact, we demand vision. We demand it from our employers. We demand it from our church. We demand it from our government officials. We want vision. And so it motivates us. It drives us. It's, it's that thing that, that gets us to give our blood, sweat, and tears to a cause or to something. So, But that's, again, that's only half of the verse. And that's usually, unfortunately, where we stop reading. But the rest of that verse is be happy, but happy is he who keeps the law. So happy in the, the Hebrew there, that word is Baruch. And it's the most used word for happy in the Old Testament. And when it is talking about people, in regards to people, it's a state of happiness. Now, many of us remember years ago in our culture that the phrase that went around, don't worry, be happy. And, and we know from personal experience that when we have worry, it's very hard to be happy. But that state of happiness is what god desires god's vision for us is relationship relationship and and obviously sin has broken that ultimate uh relationship that we had so salvation what jesus did for us brings us back into that relationship but that's god's vision for humanity relationship and god's vision for his church his people is also relationship so it's both personal and it's corporate And his vision isn't just to seek and save the lost. Yes, that's part of it. That's why he sent Jesus. But it's also to disciple. It's so that his people will put his principles into practice. It's to act upon that salvation that he's so freely given us. It's to embrace that life to the fullest. Because we know the enemy has come to steal that, to rob us of that. But Jesus has come to give us that life to the fullest, that happiness. So it's not just vision, it's also the law, it's process. So he called us, his church, to be the conduit to accomplish that vision, to accomplish that purpose. And we know in Matthew 28, 19, and in Mark 16, 15, the Great Commission, we know that he tells us to go, to speak to people, to preach the gospel to them, to win them over to Christ, to bring them to a saving knowledge of him, to have them put their faith in Jesus for salvation. And I love how Paul says in Ephesians 4, 12, he he tells us to use then our talents and our giftings to equip them for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of the faith. So when we bring them to Jesus and they get that relationship individually, then we are to work on the corporate relationship with God by equipping them with the gifts he's given us to build up the church. So happy is he who keeps the law. And the law, the word there is Torah, and it means instruction and most often we see Torah as the Mosaic law, but it's, it's, basically any of the principles that God has given us for life. And so to me, this is a beautiful statement showing the necessity of both harmony of, of vision and of process. And here you'll want to up on the screen, you'll see the statement and you're going to want to write this down. The vision is that of divine relationship that God's people would be holy and set aside for his glory. But then the law was designed to give to give us, to give his people guidelines, boundaries, and processes to fulfill God's vision for that very relationship. How beautiful is that? The, the blending and the merging, the marrying of both vision and the law. The revelation of destiny and the process then to fulfill it. So let's talk for a minute about vision. You know, I remember years ago when we first moved to Texas and we took a trip to Galveston and we used somebody's uh, rental home and uh, and I took the kids to the beach and we were uh, using our boogie boards and our kick boards to, you know, go up and down on the waves. And we were looking for hermit crabs and putting them in buckets. We found like 10 or 12 hermit crabs. We were having a blast. But about 20, 30 minutes went by and I heard somebody yelling from the from the shore and you know what happens when you have kids in the water and you hear somebody yelling from the shore, you're, you're freaking out, you're thinking, is there a shark or something? And so I'm looking around, making sure all the kids are next to me, making sure there's no sharks around. And then, you know, I'm like, well, there's nothing there. I wonder what they're yelling at. So I look back at the shore and hear somebody about 150 to 200 yards down the shoreline was flagging us in like, come back in, come back in. And then I realized it was my wife yelling at us. She was worried that we were getting too far from our original uh, destination. See, because that slow, gentle current mixed with the distraction of surfing the waves and looking for hermit crabs got us way off course. See, without a consistent, compelling vision, a consistent orientation of our fixed landmark, we drift. So vision's important, not just to have but to remember and to keep an eye on. Habakkuk 2.2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes by, not just for you, but so that everyone who passes by may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. And I love that, as he hastens by, because we know that the world that we live in is at such a fast pace. We get up in the morning and we start as soon as our feet hit the ground. Well, most of us, some of us, enjoy our sleep and we're slow getting out of bed and that's okay but we're at such a fast pace of life between social media and and the thrust of our jobs and after school activities and all the things that we want to do and get done and if we don't keep the vision so plainly in front of us we will drift off course see our vision though listen our vision has got to begin With understanding who we are in Christ. And we have to keep that first and foremost in our life. Who I am in Jesus and who I belong to. I love the way Paul describes it in Ephesians 2. He says, For we are God's handiwork. And that means we're his masterpiece. You are one of a kind masterpiece. You are the Mona Lisa to God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God has prepared in advance for us to do. See, our vision is planned in time with boundaries and with steps in that process of time. That's, in the Greek, there's two words for time, chronos and, and, uh, and uh, karios. And chronos is that time ticking away each and every second as the hand on the clock goes by. But that vision also has to be dependent on karios, which is God's sovereign hand over time. See, Kronos is measured in minutes, but Karyos is measured in moments. Karyos is to redeem the time or seize the moments that God has given us. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to to do so let me ask you what is your personal vision in life what keeps your spirit ticking not just in the everyday world of time but in his sovereign hand of time what makes you get up in the morning I challenge you write it down as Habakkuk tells us write it down keep it in front of you but not just for you because you're knowing your why is important but making sure other people know your why is great too now, obviously, God's why we need to keep in front of everybody. But when you let your why known to other people, they help keep you accountable. They help you to pursue it. They encourage you. They pray for you. And that's that's our personal vision. But what about our corporate vision? What is the vision of this church, of Hope City? Well, we see it written everywhere. It's on our website. It's in almost every email you see. It's I know it's in my signature on my email that I send out everywhere. It's to love God, love people, and change the world. And, and that's our corporate, that's our corporate vision. But then we have a general process of, of what we want, what we call it our mission, our general process of Hope City to accomplish loving God, loving people, and changing the world. And it's these four things. And you know this too, you see it everywhere. Love God, and that's in our corporate times on the weekends to find freedom that's in connect groups to discover our purpose through growth track and then also to make a difference by serving on our dream teams and serving in our uh, community projects as well. So what's our vision as connect groups for Hope City? Well, we just said it. Our our general vision is to help people find freedom, right? Our process, uh, a more Specific process or specific mission is to connect people in authentic relationships so that we can encourage spiritual growth and lead them to next steps in their faith. This is the essence of discipleship, to build a bridge of relationship, to carry the gospel and disciple others. See, we leverage those relationships to then influence spiritual growth. As we grow in relationship, we grow in opportunities to speak into their life. And if you've known me for any amount of time, you know, this this is verse from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 is one of my thematic verses for life. And it says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, this speaks to the necessity of activity for every day rhythms of life of the believer. We see it lived out in Jesus' life as he he traveled with his disciples. Uh, We see it as the foundation of the formation of the early church in the book of Acts. It's, It's living life together with the intentional mindset of influencing those around us to know God and then to make him known. I love how Paul even says in 1 Thessalonians. He says, we urge you, brothers and sisters. Here's what we're to do. He's urging them. Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. And we do that in the body of Christ, in the church, through groups. See, every part of the vision of Hope City has its own general and specific processes. As as we said, part of the process of fulfilling God's vision for Hope City is to help people find freedom through connect groups. And within connect groups, we have additional processes that help best accomplish that vision. And so let's talk about process for a minute. Process is the method that we use to accomplish that vision. And I'm often asked, why why do we have to jump through these hoops in order to lead a group or in order to register a group, or in order to keep it going, or in order to do all these things? Why do we have these systems and processes? And sometimes there's even a thought of, well, maybe, maybe they just want to have control or maybe they're, uh, they just don't trust us as leaders. Well, let me just put your mind at ease. That is not the case at all. We do trust you. And we want to release you to do the ministry that God's called you to do. We're just here to help make sure that you're thoroughly equipped to do those good things, to do the work that God has called you to. And I think the best way to answer the why is to consider why did God give the children of Israel the Ten Commandments? Why all the regulations for building the tabernacle? Why all the regulations for, uh, that the, the high priest had to go through in making sacrifices? And here's the thing, God established laws because we need them, right? He gave us boundaries because he knew it was in their nature to be rebellious, to be selfish and easily distracted. We all are, right? Let's admit that. See, the process, the systems, the boundaries that we've set up for groups and for its leadership is all so that we could be the best. We can do our best to accomplish his vision for his church. So we know that no system or process is perfect But please trust our team that we are always actively working towards the ultimate vision to help you be the most effective leader that you can be so that we can have the most effective ministry to God's people and the people that he sends us to, that he sends our way. See, we don't have to... We don't have the time to really go into all the processes of the training, the coaching, the attendance and all that stuff. And actually, you probably know uh, everything that you need to know about those things. And if you don't, please, please feel free to ask your coaches, ask your coordinators, uh, even come and ask me. We will help you find the resources and the answers to those questions. But I do. However, I do want to mention just a few quick things about some of the processes just for clarity's sake. And then I want to share with you uh, probably the best tool that we have for you as a leader. Uh, but first, let me talk about training for just a minute. I, personally, I'm grateful that the doctors and nurses and dentists and chiropractors and all those people in the medical field that they are—they don't just go to school for, for for two years or four years or even eight years. They are continuing to learn every day. They have to have a certain number of hours every day to keep their license. In fact, many of you in your professions have to do the same, whether you're a teacher, an insurance agent, a realtor, a police person, um, a a fire marshal, uh, government agencies. Most of you have to maintain a certain number of hours of training that they call continued education. It's continued growing and developing in your field. And so we highly regard our groups team in the same way, our directors, our coordinators, our coaches, our leaders, our co-leaders. We know that there is always something to learn about God. There's always something to learn about leadership. And we know that there's also something always changing and developing in technology. So, So we want to provide ongoing educational opportunities to help you We wanna provide settings such as this as well as uh, settings at your campus where you can learn. In fact, your campus for the next six months is gonna go through the Simple Small Groups book that you received when you came here today. And your your director is gonna give you information about that. You're gonna have some great opportunities to walk through that book and learn some great tools and habits in leading. You're gonna become such a better Connect Group leader. And listen, you're great Connect Group leaders now but you're gonna become even better. That's what God wants for you, that's what I want for you, and I know that's what you want for yourself too. So that's why we provide those opportunities. We're also working on providing virtual learning opportunities this coming year, where we're gonna put more videos online of training, whether it's you're a first-time leader or a long-time leader. We're gonna start putting new videos on there as the year goes by. And then also quarterly rallies like this. We're going to do three corporately where all the campuses are going to come together. And then there's going to be one that you as a campus do uh, for, for your team. But then there's also coaching. And coaches, listen, our coaches are pastoring our leaders. That's their job, to care for you, to pray for you, to support you, to protect you. So listen, they're going to do some things for you. They're going to come and visit your group. And listen, it's not there to write a report card on you and show you all the things you're doing wrong. They're not going to embarrass you when they come. Uh, Really, their job to come is to offer support and then, yes, also to offer feedback. Listen, we all have areas to grow and become better in. And it's not a personal attack. It's not anything we want to help. And at times, listen, some of you, they're going to come and say, man, that was so great. I learned how to do something better in my connect group by watching what you did. So listen, uh, they're also going to pass along important information from the campus all the way to the central level. They're going to uh, do monthly coaching conversations with you. Sometimes that'll be on the phone. Other times it'll be face to face. And listen, it's best to do face to face. I'm just going to say that up front. And they're going to take you through a system of reps, we call it relational uh, relationships, emotions, physical and spiritual And we have a health checkpoint on those things. Why? Because we want you to be healthy because we know that healthy leaders have healthy families. Healthy leaders have healthy connect groups and those uh, healthy groups will then uh, produce uh, 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 groups that stay together longer and multiply quicker and more often. And that's what we want for you. And then also the attendance thing. I know I always get questions and we always are following up on people. Please take attendance. And here's the reason we count people because people count numbers matter because people matter. So listen, it's not just for us to say, oh, this is how many people we had. No, it measures our successfulness of what we're doing, because if we have 2000 people sign up for groups, but only 800 are actually showing up week to week, there's we're doing something wrong and we need to fix it. We need to work on it. And so we need to know that. So here's the thing, too. uh, It also prompts follow up for ministry. So if I have 10 people sign up in my group and only five are showing up, that tells me I have five people. I need to call and see how they're doing. So if John doesn't come for two weeks in a row, I'm like, hey, John, I get him on the phone. I say, hey, John, how you doing, man? Just wanted to check in, see if everything was okay. We missed you last week. Is there anything I can pray with you about? And then let him talk. Find out what's going on. Maybe a family member was sick. Maybe he lost his job. Maybe his his mother died. Who knows? But that prompting is for us to then give a call and follow up and then also that attendance then gives us opportunities to open up our roster for more people so if John after I call him after two weeks he says yeah I'm going to try and make it back next week he doesn't come and the third week I call him again and he says you know what I'm just not going to have time this semester to do it I think I need to find a group that meets on a different night and then I give him some opportunities to do that. Hey, go back on the website. Maybe I'll even be on the phone with them looking at the website and finding a group that meets on a Tuesday night rather than a Thursday night. Do whatever you can to help them get back plugged in, but then remove them from your roster. Let them know, okay, I'm going to take you off my roster so that I can then open up the opportunity for someone else to join. And Chesley's going to go through some of that process with us in just a moment. But then also I, I want to share this with you. Listen, All these things, the the trainings, the coaching, the attendance, all those systems that we have in place are for a reason. Again, it's to help you become the best so that our groups can become the best, so that we can minister most effectively to the people that God sends our way. And listen, there was was a girl who was leading a connect group last season, and uh, and she decided that she was going to lead a freedom group. She's one of our online dream teamers but she didn't want it to be an online team. She wanted a group. She wanted it to, to be for, for her people that she's influencing outside of church. And so she invited her her, um, her apartment complex and uh, some uh, coworkers. Uh, and in fact, uh, before it even started, she invited a girl that she works with to come to the ladies night. And she came and got exposed to what Hope City is and, and what we do. And so when she invited her then to the Freedom Group, it was a lot easier for her to join And when she would miss, man, Nicole knew that she needed to follow up. She would call her, what's going on? Hey, how can I help you? When she had questions about the curriculum or about a scripture, she would answer those questions. And then uh, when she didn't want to come to conference or didn't register, she followed up and said, Hey, you really need to come to conference. It's going to be amazing. Here's why. And she would share her story. And then she got her to conference and then she encouraged her to get baptized. And she got baptized at conference. And listen, when she walked into the, the baptismal tank and all her team was there to watch her get baptized, it was such a moment. But even more for that group, it was a moment for me because that young lady, her name was Jacqueline, was actually in my connect group 15 years ago as one of my students. Listen, the systems are in place for a reason to help us to accomplish the vision that God has called us to. The process, the law, the boundaries provide the pathway for Nicole's success. To connect people in authentic relationships so that we can encourage spiritual growth and lead them to next steps in their faith. See, vision, when accompanied with process, brings blessing, always brings blessing. Not that we're not gonna still have issues, not that we're still not gonna have hiccups and have to tweak things at times, but listen, we become not only inspired and motivated with vision, but then we become empowered and equipped to do what God has called us to do through the process. So I want to tell you a little bit about the Group Leader Toolkit. And so if uh, you can grab that resource online uh, on our resources page uh, or you can pull it up right now. You have it in front of you. And I just want to refer you first to to page two talking about the group development plan. And this is really this is a tool for you. Um, So if you want people to follow you, you must first know where you're going. Right. And so there's a space there for you to write your vision for your connect group. And you'll notice I said my vision for our connect group. It's your vision, but you want your group to have ownership. So it's my vision for our connect group. And so now you may not be able to fill that in right away. In fact, I still am going to go through this for my connect group because my vision this semester is different than what it was last semester because I have a different type of group. Um, And so here's some resources then for you to help you. There's some some uh question prompts to help you. So here, what is my unique experience and passions and gifts that I can be, that can be used to help others take next steps. So think about that and write some things down. And then the next question on page three, it says, what do I think relationships should look like in my group? How will people in my group become better versions of themselves? What impact will my group have on Hope City and the community where I live? When will we get together Um, I'm sorry, when we get together, my connect group will, and then you fill in the blank. What are you going to do? And then again, starting on the bottom of page three, it talks about what are the things we do in connect groups as specific. We have the ESPN. We encourage, we use scripture, we pray, and we look for next steps. But then more general, what do we do? Well, here's some examples. Well, we eat together. We're going to have fun together. We're going to grow together. We're going to serve together. We're going to pray together. And then here's some other questions that you want to ask. Uh, Are we open to having children attend our group? And if so, what will that look like? How are we going to accomplish child care? And then next question on page five, our connect group will meet at a great place. So where are you going to meet? Just write that down. What's that atmosphere going to be? Write some of those things down our connect group will get together on these days at this time. So write down the date and the time our connect group will not only uh, will not be empty because we are going to fill it. And this is how, and so you write down, in fact, there's more help on how you can fill it in the bottom of page five. Here are some tips to fill in the space above for your connect group. Number one, invite people you already know. Number two, sign up to serve at your connect group launch at your campus, and then personally invite people, invite people with shared interests, Uh, register your group so it'll be on the website so people will see it and be able to join and then post it on your social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Nextdoor app, anything you use, put it out there so people can join because you want it to be open. And listen, we had a a young lady a year ago uh, this semester came to Hope City from New York City and uh, she was like, uh, uh, she knew she needed to be in a group. She joined a group, but then she wanted to lead a group. And um, so she went through all the steps, all the processes that we have. And but she was like, I don't know anybody. How am I going to fill my group? And I said, well, hey, be at one of the tables out in the courtyard and help people register for groups. And as you're helping them, you can always mention what your group is. And she filled her group in like one hour. She had her group full. Plus, she helped about a dozen other people find a group to get into. So listen, there are great ways to fill your group. You just have to step into them. And then there are other things within this document as well. Uh, One is a connect group commitment that's on page seven. And this is something that is digitally as well. So you can can download just this commitment form and print it out and then also the guidelines of commitment on page nine. And then on page 10 through uh, 12 is how is the, you as the leader, what you can use as a resource to then talk about the connect group commitment with your group. And the, uh, and the Connect Group uh, the connect Group Guideline and Commitment Form. And so all the stuff you see in red there are prompts for what you can then talk about. And uh, so, again, I'm not going to read that for you. It's a great resource. Just pull it up and, and walk through that with your group. And, in fact, on page 13, then, is what we call launch night. So, you know, launch is on the 22nd, but say your first group is on the 24th on, on Thursday night. I'm sorry, 20. Yeah, is that right? No, 20, whatever date is. And so on your launch night, you can use this as a template for your first night of getting together with your participants. And it gives you everything from preparation, goals, um, items that you'll need, uh, uh, talks about three essentials as far as uh, what you'll need for it. And then also it gives you um, an icebreaker. Um, And some additional tips on page 15 of what you can do. And, uh, And listen, this is a great resource for you. And then page 16 is the pastoral care document. So what happens when people need counseling or have a need that you can't meet? Uh, What about uh, you're telling us we need to, uh, that we should be serving uh, a community project every semester. How do we do that? Page 17 shows you project ideas and and how you can go about doing that. So this again, download it, pull it up for yourself and, um, and use it as a tool for you because that is, that's what it's for. And we want you to have the most opportunity for success. So, if you have any other questions, feel free to talk to your coaches or your hub coordinators and your director for your campus. Uh, you got to meet those here on the stage with me today already, and I'm so thankful for them. and, uh, Or you can just email connectgroups at hopecity.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Twelve. I hope that your faith has been challenged and your heart has been encouraged. If you haven't already, Click the follow button so that you'll get updated when we release new free material every two weeks. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, share it on your social media and invite others to listen as well.